The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to source and allocate marketing resources across channels. Joining us is Tyler Elliston, who is the founder and growth advisor at Right Side Up, which is a collective of premium marketing consultant talent with all of the marketing chops and none of the agency fluff. Right Side Up staffs marketers in residence with deep in-house experience, serious strategic skills, and executional expertise to help their clients develop customer acquisition strategies, concept creative campaigns, solve attribution challenges, and scale teams with coachable and poachable talent. And once upon a time, I was a consulting member of the Right Side Up team. And today, Ty and I are going to discuss how your early stage company can survive and thrive. All right, here's my conversation with Tyler Elliston, founder and growth advisor at Right Side Up. Tyler, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. What an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. We've known each other for, God, I guess a couple of years now. I yes. mentioned in the intro, I was a, a member of your team for a hot second when I was transitioning away from running my own consulting business. I did a cup of coffee on the Right Side Up team. Let's start off, give everybody the shtick. Tell us about Right Side Up. Yeah, so Right Side Up is a consulting company I started about five years ago. I started it because I had been in-house as a founder, as a marketing leader, and I found myself in these positions where I knew I needed external support, but it wasn't always the best solution to hire a traditional agency. And so I wanted to start a consulting company that really would have catered to me as a founder and in-house marketer. So we operate quite differently and really are more of like an embedded team with our clients. You know, I said this in our offline conversation, damn it, Tyler, you stole my idea before I even had it. When I was running my consulting practice, I was happy using my personal network and I was drumming up a fair amount of work and I couldn't do all of it. So I started to build a consulting collective where I was hiring and sort of doing the business development and subcontracting a lot of the work to my network. And I basically started trying to find people work instead of doing it myself. I stopped doing that when I found Right Side Up because honestly, I just thought you guys were going to do it better. And that's how I ended up working with you for a little while. You work with not only large companies who are looking for consulting, basically to improve their bench strength, growth companies who need to grow quickly, but also early stage companies. 
Talk to me a little bit about what life is like as an early stage company today. What do early stage companies need to do to survive and thrive? I guess as an initial comment here, there are a couple of experiences I bring. One is as the leader of Right Side Up, we work with early stage companies, but also as a founder myself, not just Right Side Up, but another company I started in 2008, I raised venture capital and that company failed. And that was one of the best career experiences that I've had, but really taught me a lot about what success looks and feels like versus failure. And I can talk a lot about this, but ultimately product market fit is the differentiation. That is how you both survive and thrive by focusing on the product really early until you have great product market fit. So from a marketing perspective, and we talk about product market fit, one word sticks out to me, market. Mm -hmm. And that's really where we as marketers spend a lot of our time, but you do have to sort of understand and influence the product. Talk to me about a marketer's role in finding product market fit when you're at that early stage company. So often there's this tug of war between product and founders that they have a vision for what the company will be and who the customer is. And marketing basically becomes a representation of that audience. They're the ones going out and talking to them, doing the segmentation, testing out the positioning. So there's often this sort of negotiation between what a company wants to be and what they actually are to an audience. And it's when those kind of come together and what people actually perceive the company to be and what they value is the same thing as the company actually wants to be and the value they want to provide, if that makes sense. There's a retail brand that I don't fit into their clothes, but I really respect how they grew their business. <laughs> Have you heard of Everlane? Yes. Okay. Back in the day when I was still working at eBay, I was trying to get into the startup landscape. I wanted one of those sexy or first marketing hired jobs at a VC-backed startup. And my friend, Ryan Spoon, who was a venture capitalist at the time and went on to run marketing and product at ESPN, and now he's at BetMGM. Ryan connected me to the founder of Everlane. And at the time, Michael Pressman, it was just him and uh, a lead engineer. I think the lead engineer was Jesse Palmer, maybe it was Jesse Farmer. And I was like, okay, you guys are going to create this retail company. You're going to redo commerce in a sustainable way. That's really cool. Where are the clothes? He's like, well, we haven't made any of the clothes. He's like, why? You got to make the clothes and you got to go give them to the people and see what they like. And he's like, no, we're doing it the other way. And I was like, okay, what is this other way? I've never heard of this. I was young and stupid. And they spent their time growing an audience first. And then once they had an audience, they figured out what that audience wanted and they started doing product development. So talk to me about the mindset of a marketer when you're early stage and should you be growing an audience first to figure out what their needs are or should you be creating your product to figure out who wants it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an iterative process, right? So what you describe, I would call customer development. It's talking to them, it's pitching things, getting their reactions, understanding what they value and why, what they're willing to pay. So I would say in a vacuum, yes, it's build the audience and then understand the audience and give them what they want. However, how do you build that audience without providing something of value? And so commonly there's some, hey, we can do this for you. And you get a crowd that has some interest in that. And basically it's just the opportunity to do customer development with them. And you start learning more and you start thinking, well, gosh, I know that we pitched this to this crowd of people, but now that we're actually talking to them, what they really want is this. And those are the pivots that you hear about. You kind of find your way until you've kind of found this like, wow, we've got a great match here. It's one of those hard lessons that I learned 
running my first startup. It was a guitar lesson website meant to connect students and teachers through online videos. I like to say it was ahead of the technology curve. In reality, that means that I didn't figure out if people actually wanted live online guitar lessons. You know, and I struggled with finding product market fit. So a special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. When you're not responsible for the product, when you're responsible for marketing, what contributions can you make and what's the right process to figure out who your customer is and what their needs are? Some folks may disagree with this, but I honestly view the marketer's role in the earliest stage as being quite small. I really view the primary value being driven through a product organization, provided that that product organization is doing customer development and research. You know, you certainly argue, okay, that's part of a marketing function and that is certainly valuable. I would absolutely argue with you. I think the marketer's role is huge. They're not advertising. Correct. They're doing customer research, they're doing market research, they're doing segmentation. And that's, you know, like everyone kind of thinks of marketing, Facebook ads, how do I take creative and push it out there? The fundamentals of marketing are understanding who the customers are. Yes. And I also want early product managers to do that. I also want a product organization that's actually responsible for what gets built and when I want them talking to customers. And so Different organizations sort of develop differently, either sort of product-centric or marketing-centric. So I agree with you 100%. We commonly see early-stage companies' product is kind of owning that. And then they come to marketing and say, oh, we need to run Facebook ads. And it's that advertising piece where it's like, well, do you really need Facebook ads? Like, okay, we need some people going through the pipes, but this is not going to solve your problem. Yeah, there's a foundational point. And, you know, this is actually a lot of what I did as a consultant. So maybe... It's a little bit up your alley. I would do these brand development studies with companies that were relatively early stage or transitioning to the growth stage, but they didn't do a good job of building their marketing foundation. 
interviewing the people inside the organization, talking about what they were thinking the company was, and then interviewing their prospects and trying to find the overlap between the two. At the end of the day, that's what product market fit really is, is making the connection of who your organization is, what you're building, and then who you're trying to sell it to and what their needs and desires are. Exactly. Validated with action that you can measure. So how do you take that understanding of needing to do customer research, you know, market research, your segmentation, how do you move that from, great, I got to go talk to some people to actually start building out successful products that can and need to be marketed? What's the next step once you've done your research? So typically, you build that community by putting something in front of them. So usually you're pivoting off of it. It's a new feature, new functionality. Or it could be something totally new, but usually starting with a prototype, getting some feedback that, okay, yes, this actually does meet my needs. I am interested in this. And then actually building something that's functional and MVP. And then there you really want to see a willingness to pay. And then once you sort of validate these economics, then it's like, okay, how can we systematically acquire customers at a small scale? And then going and figuring out what channels you can actually do that with. And then it's like, okay, now let's scale because we've got channels that are working. What are some of the common mistakes that you see mostly first-time, early-stage founders make once they think they've found product market fit? Well, the biggest mistake is actually thinking that you have product market fit when you don't. Most early-stage founders apply intense pressure to themselves. They're under intense pressure, often from investors if they're venture-backed. So that probably is the biggest mistake. I think if they truly do have product market fit, one of the common mistakes we see is going like too diversified and channel mix and trying to do everything and kind of boil the ocean instead of picking a few things that make a lot of sense and doing them really well and taking something from like, okay, yeah, we proved we can spend 10,000 a month with a good ROAS, but now it's been 100K a month with a good ROAS. You know, instead of that, it's like, all right, we're gonna go launch these like six channels. We're gonna spend a million dollars on ads the next like two months. Or even just like a paid-centric strategy, then that would be another mistake, I would argue, is just being too reliant on paid. Yeah, I think that there's a couple gems there that, first off, don't just rely on paid. And I think that at early stage companies, you're eager to get your first customers. So you can move quickly, you can cut to the front of the line by doing performance marketing. And the problem is, if you don't start early with your content marketing, your organic channels, they never grow. It takes time to plant the seeds and water them till you have fruit. Right. And on the flip side, you also mentioned, you look, you need to continually iterate, right? You need to find one channel and optimize and try to scale it as opposed to try to be everywhere all of the time. I know I've made that mistake before, trying to manage 12 different channels all at once. When you think about resource allocation, you're an early stage company, you're selling widgets, you figured out your Facebook strategy, you know you can drive some volume, you see a good ROAS, and you're thinking about investing in other channels, but you're not necessarily an expert there. Since you're the grand poobah of all things hiring consultants, what's the strategy for making sure that you have the right resources managing the channel as opposed to try to figuring out and making your first time marketing mistakes working in a channel that you're not familiar with? The biggest thing is to have somebody involved with you that has succeeded in that channel before. Most of these channels are sophisticated enough at this point that you can waste a lot of time and a lot of money if you don't know your way around. 
So I definitely would recommend having a specialist, whether that's, of course, the right side up or an advisor to your company or an investor who happens to be good at a particular channel or just a freelancer you randomly find. So I definitely think specialization is really important. And then there's sort of this bigger question of, yeah, I can go find a specialist in X channel, but how do I decide which channels to test and in what order and with what scale? And I think that's an often harder need to fill. The, the answer is very nuanced depending on the company. But again, it's like probably an investor advisor or a more senior external resource. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of that, if you're really out on an island and you're doing this by yourself, you have to look at your competition. If I'm running a retail e-commerce brand, I know that everyone is marketing on Facebook and Instagram. That's where people are doing discovery of a lot of products. If I need to get some sales quickly, I'm going to those channels. I also know that content marketing is the way to keep my CPAs down. So I probably need to develop a content marketing strategy. I might not be a great content marketer or I might not be a great performance marketer. Go find someone to help you with those other channels. Absolutely. So channel mix is something that can be very complicated, something that's obviously nuanced depending on the scale of your company, the stage of your company, what industry you're in. We're going to talk about some of the best channels that you can use in 2021 in our next episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Tyler Elliston, founder and growth advisor at Right Side Up for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Tyler and I are going to discuss the best channels to allocate budget in 2021. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Tyler, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Tyler Elliston, T-Y-L-E-R-E-L-L-I-S-T-O-N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is rightsideup.com, R-I-G-H-T-S-I-D-E-U-P.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.